Hello and welcome to episode 189 of Pop Culturally Deprived, where this week we are talking about a movie that is not a holiday movie, and also talking about the good, the bad, and the cockamamie. This week it is the holiday on your Ryan Gosling Train podcast. So, Matthew, would you get on the Ryan Gosling train? Yeah, I feel like that there was a point in that film where he did the thing of like, yeah, I'd jump on the Ryan Gosling train, mate. Yeah, I, I, I feel like it was supposed to be like, oh, it's so avant-garde because he's recognizing the hotness of Ryan Gosling. Like, that's not avant-garde. That's it's nothing. Ryan Gosling is a very, very pretty, very cool guy. You'd be lucky for him to take a second look at you. Anyone, male <laughs> or female. So... You're not wrong, but there are a lot of men out there who would not be okay with making a joke like that. True. True. So. Is it bad that, like, I think I've made it on probably 10% of our podcast at this day? <laughs> that sort of. Right. Oh, yeah, I would. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What, what were we, oh, we were watching The Lighthouse. <laughs> um, William Defoe, Robin Bat- Robert Pattinson. Robert Madsen is a very handsome man, even when he's playing a. 19th century, slightly mad lighthouse keeper. <laughs> Sometimes he's very handsome. Sometimes okay. he's kind of weird looking. Okay. It just depends. I've not seen him in much, to be fair. He's a very handsome man. You did see him in all of the Twilight movies. I did see him in all the Twilight movies. <laughs> and he was horribly miscast. Anyway. Speaking of casts. Speaking of casts. I had no idea who was in this movie other than Emma Roberts when I started watching it. Okay. And, like, in the first scene, I got so excited. Yeah, they do all just start walking up. They do. You've got Frances Fisher, and then, oh my God, it's Arizona Robbins, a.k.a. Jessica Capshaw. And then it's Kristen Chenoweth. Like, what even is this movie? <laughs> I was so excited. I started tweeting at that point because I just couldn't handle it. This might be the closest to Kristen Chenoweth's actual personality. I think that I've ever seen on film. Oh, really? I, okay. I suspect so. I, I have heard. Okay, so loved her in the West Wing. Loved mm-hmm. her in Wicked, and obviously the Wicked soundtrack and so on. And bought Catherine a Kristen Chenoweth live album for Christmas mm-hmm. years ago, which might even have been a Christmas album. Very southern, with some heavily religious aspects and elements to it, and so on. Mm-hmm. But the slightly out there, more party style, I suspect, is more like Kristen Chenoweth. Than certainly the the West Wing, which I think amongst you know people we know is is one of the things she's most famous for, mm-hmm. mm. and Glee and Pushing Daisies. Was she in Glee? She was. Oh, what was she in Glee? She was a guest star in several. She was a washed up Broadway star who oh. came back, tried to seduce Mr. Shu and Whoa. probably a couple of the students as well. Okay. Yeah. She was Maleficent in the De- uh, Descendants films. Oh, she was. Mm. She also did, so I watched a Christmas, a Hallmark movie last year, a Hallmark Christmas movie that had her and Scott Wolf in it. Mm, who's Scott and, Wolf? Uh, he played, oh, I want to say his name was Bailey on Party of Five. Oh, okay. Do you remember Party of Five? I, I know of Party of Five, yeah. <laughs> That's where I know him from. Okay. I mean, but then he did, other, he was like 
a hot, like a heartthrob for several years there um, around the party of five time. And then he kind of disappeared, but now is doing the Hallmark movies. A Christmas love story. It was so good. Mm, Was it? I tweeted about it, and Scott Wolf and Kristen Chenoweth both liked my tweet. <laughs> quick, look, someone's watched our film. Quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. She's it was awesome. Also in another Christmas film called Deck the Halls, which is one of the most horrible and offensive films I've ever seen, frankly. Oh, I remember. I wanted to watch that one, and you said no. Yeah, no. Awful. Awful. Okay. Also, Kristen Davis, which... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, talking of Christmas movies, we've obviously just had Christmas. What an amazing Christmas. Happy Christmas to Randy K. Ottaway Sorensen. Are you changing it? Um, Have you decided this yet? People need to know, given that it's a month <laughs> and a bit later. Sorry, folks. I will just be, well, I mean, legally, it'll be Amanda Ottaway Sorensen, but then it'll just be Mandy K. Mandy K. Sorensen. Okay. So, so is, is Ottaway moving to your middle name, effectively? Yes. Okay. Yes, so legally I'm dropping the K, but oh. in my online world... When you world, say dropping, am... is that also moving to, to a middle name then? No, no, it won't be part of my name anymore. Oh, okay. Because K is my middle name. Oh, right, okay. So it won't... Legally, K will no longer be part of my name, but I mean, I am Mandy K, so... <laughs> I am Mandy K. I am Mandy K. <laughs> the physical embodiment of the, the spirit that is. Yes. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm glad we got that sorted. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to all our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we so, are all over the place. So I episode. ran a poll about whether you had arranged your wedding to force me to watch Christmas movies early. And there were people who were like, yeah, clearly she did. Clearly. <laughs> I don't need an excuse to watch Christmas movies. Yeah, but to force I other people to that. watch Christmas movies early. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair... We got engaged in July and scheduled a November wedding and kind of had to roll with the dates the venue had yeah, available. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Right? <laughs> and there were no Saturdays left. Uh, and this is not a Christmas movie anyway. It is not no. a Christmas movie. I thought it was going to be the way it opened up and kind of the way mm-hmm. it was framed, but not a Christmas movie. No. I loved it. Okay, Right. Absolutely, 100% loved it, okay. but not a Christmas movie. I'm going to have to watch what I say then. Good. Um, so, who is this film for? It's not for the people who watch Hallmark Channel movies. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, unless you're me, but, you know, that's just because I like all romance movies, right? Right. Like, it's hard for me to find a romance movie that I don't like. Okay. And so this is for them, but this is also for the people, I think, who despise Hallmark Channel movies for their just blatant formulaic cheesiness, this movie is at least self-aware about its cheesiness. I don't believe you a second on that. When you talk about people who hate the genericness of rom-com movies and so on, mm-hmm. you're describing me, aren't you? That's what you're thinking. You're trying to put it tactfully, but... No, I was speaking generally. I'm sure, Okay. Were you, though? <laughs> but the- well, yeah, because honestly, I don't necessarily think you're the target audience for this movie. I imagine you probably didn't like it. No, because it had the whole thing of... It was very obvious where it was going to go and what it was going to do. And and in a disappointing way, because it seemed like it was going to be have a slightly different sensibility. Mm-hmm. And then it just slipped into it. It felt like 
most, not most, a number of rom-coms that have been produced, particularly in the last 20 years, with with more of a female lead character, which didn't mm-hmm. always used to be the way. And, and even it reminded me of some of the TV shows like Girls, the post-Sex and City things, where you end up with, wait, why aren't they together? Oh, because she's too proud to say she likes him or to admit that she likes him or something. It, it doesn't quite hold together. At that stage, they're, they're sort of exactly like she says. They're throwing in a reason for them not to be together that doesn't really work. Or shall we say it's cockamamie? Exactly. Um, <laughs> but it is, I mean, it, it is, is a rom com. It has to follow that formula. But they're very self aware about it. They're you know they have the whole cockamamie story at the beginning about why she doesn't like romantic comedies Mm -hmm. because they follow the formula and they set up this false conflict and even though they're not together you know they're going to end up together because they're together on the freaking poster right Mm -hmm. like that's what this movie is yeah it's fantastic you can't point at the thing and be like hey we're going to do that ironically if you then do that thing not ironically There, there are ways of doing things that are kind of like Okay, they're sort of poking fun at it and making it a fun version of it. And, and it's really hard to do. You don't often see it done well. Um, mm-hmm. it, this is a very video gamey thing. There are sort of comedy video games that are like, hey, isn't it ridiculous that we're making you hunt down a hundred feathers that are hidden around the city? It's like, yes, and you're making me hunt down a hundred feathers that are hidden around the city. Stop doing that thing. It might be <laughs> funny for the first three. Right. But then you can stop it. Movies. Yeah. And TV often do the same sort of thing as well, where they're trying to be like, isn't it ridiculous that this you know, coincidence always happens? And then he happens to be walking past when she bumps into her boyfriend and new her ex-boyfriend and rescues her from the situation. It's like, okay, you're actually doing the ridiculous thing you talked about earlier. Come on. Come on. I liked it. Okay. But I'm not... I, this is the other side of it from it being a... Released at this time of year. I think that's the thing. It's called Holidate. And it's released at this time of year. I don't think it's for people who like Christmas films. No, it's it's definitely just for people who like romance mm. films, for sure. Ha- has it been marketed as such? Has it? Does it come across in? Every time I saw it, it was in the list of Christmas movies coming out yeah. this year. Like it's lumped in with Christmas on the Square and Jingle Jangle mm-hmm. and even Hallmark Christmas movies, right? right. Like if you if you Google. Christmas movies 2020, mm-hmm. you get all of those romantic comedies and you get this one. Okay. And I think that's why my first thought was, oh, this will be great. Right. Christmas, not Christmas. Not Christmas. And holiday ish. Yeah. I, and I think some of this might come down to the creatives behind it, directed by John Whitesell. And, and why would you not trust a, a big sort of Christmas romance film that you're bringing out to the luminary who directed Big Mama's House 2? And Big Mama's <laughs> House 3. And Thunderstruck, the Kevin Durant movie vehicle. Okay. And a film called Deck the Halls with Kristen Chenoweth and Danny DeVito and Matthew Broderick. Oh, he directed that movie. He directed that, so that as well. Okay. All right. So this was never set up to go very, go particularly well for it. Um, produced by McGee, the luminary who directed the original Charlie's Angels films which with Cameron Diaz. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I like those. Mm-hmm. I loved those. I, I wouldn't call him out for his direction, directorial capabilities, if I was honest. Um, 
I'm trying to look up what else he did because I'm sure there was something else. Oh, and and the fantastic Terminator Salvation. I don't think I ever saw that one. That's the Christian Bale one, I think. Oh, if it is, the, no, I thought that was Genesis. No, that's the Matt Smith one. Oh, I definitely haven't seen that. Maybe okay. It, okay then I did see the Christian Bale okay. one. Okay. And written by Tiffany Paulson, who also wrote the Nancy Drew movie and the remake of Adventures in Babysitting. Okay. Mm. All right. This does not feel like a Netflix production. It doesn't. I no. was surprised. It, it's a little edgier than what you would get from a Netflix production in some ways. Language-wise, I mean. Okay. I, and I think it's making me wonder, is it that it was produced and then they had to shop it out somewhere? This was supposed to be just thrown away at the cinema and make a bit of money. But they can't do oh. that anymore. So did they just go to Netflix for a distribution? Oh, interesting. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? There is no information on Wikipedia along those lines. But I'll tell you what is good about this film. Oh, you have something that you like? I do have something that I like. Everyone who is not a main character. The two main characters are awful. They are not nice people. I do not like them. And I think they, at the same time, deserve each other and do not deserve anyone. Everyone else I gets them. really good stories and is really funny and is really interesting. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Huh. Okay. I mean, you are entitled to your own opinions, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, Everybody right. who wasn't a main character was wonderful. Yeah. But I also really liked the characters of Sloane and Jackson. Really? I did. I liked watching their friendship evolve and then the friendship evolve into the feelings. Okay. I, I think my problem with... with the, the the evolution of the friendship is they had really good chemistry from the off. So it, it didn't feel like it started as a friendship and then evolved into feelings. It started off as I'm hot and you're hot and look at this cool back and forth banter we have. Clearly we're going to end up together because we're on the poster together. <laughs> <sighs> I just watch movies so differently than you do. God. <laughs> in, in what way? Or, or at least in what way with this one? I think I never once got the impression that this was you're hot, I'm hot, let's be hot together. Okay. Because they set it up with him trying very hard not to be classy, right? He said at the New Year's party, this is great. I can say whatever I want. I'm not trying to pretend to be classy around Mm -hmm. you, right? He's already told her he doesn't think she's that attractive, (laughs) which later he says is a lie, but I don't actually think it was when he said it. But then up front, they have the talk about whether or not this is going to be friends with benefits versus platonic, and they actively choose not to go there. Mm. And because of that, it doesn't feel like you're hot, I'm hot, let's be hot together. It it didn't feel like it was going to be, it's a countdown until they end up sleeping together at this stage. To you. No. Okay. I mean, I knew they were going to because that's how these movies They're work. The <laughs> They're on the poster together. But was it going to be the catalyst of them admitting their feelings or were they going to come to their feelings first and then step over that line? Like, I didn't know and it didn't. That's, so it wasn't a countdown. It wasn't like, oh, my God, this thing's going to happen. Of course, it's going to happen. It's I really want to know how this thing is going to happen. OK, right. I was very invested in all of these characters from the beginning. Mm. Like, I tried to rewatch this movie today while I was working, but kept getting 
called into meetings with my boss, so I didn't actually get to finish it again. <laughs> but I liked it enough to watch it more than once. Crikey, wow. That's that's some, that's some adoration. Yeah, it's good. I mean, come on. Kristen Chenoweth and Jessica Capshaw are absolutely delightful. Yes. I think I think Jessica Capshaw <laughs> definitely. Mm-hmm. Kristen Chenoweth is doing the thing Kristen Chenoweth does. Um but it works but, for but her. But I like where that story went. So, so let's get into all the other other people because all the all the sub stories were brilliant. Were really well done. I did not see the twist of her and Farouk getting together. No, no, I didn't either. And, and it was really good at that point. There, oh, okay, there were a couple of moments through this. That you go, that's actually a nice way to take it to sort of move the plot on a bit without it just being. And she's very prideful again, and doesn't mm-hmm. and refuses to get with him. So the fact that. She's clearly having a very good date at the New Year's party because mm-hmm. there is a lot of chemistry between them, a lot of banter, a lot of like he he is complimenting her even when he's being like I don't have to be charming or pretend to be classy at you, but he's right. still complimenting her, um, mm-hmm. and she's enjoying those compliments and enjoying spending time with him. But the fact he's not there at midnight, mm-hmm. like that was that is the point of being with someone on on New Year's. Because the rest of the night right. you spend with people and it's all fine. But that's the moment you need to be there. And he knows he messed it up. And she then is annoyed at him and doesn't want to spend any more time with him because he, he messed it up. Right. And I dig that. I dig that why that, that doesn't evolve into a relationship at that point. And then when they are so mad at each other at the wedding and with other people, the other people getting together is actually a really good step to force them to be like, oh, okay, neither of us have you know done something we can't pull back or been caught in a compromising situation or something. Mm-hmm. I, I quite like that. That was good. Okay. Mm. I like that there are things that you liked. Yeah. Oh, it's a solid six. Okay. I'll take a six <laughs> from you. Be- because there was a lot of movements to it that were very well done, but, but particularly driven by the other characters around them. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it was nice comparing her to Kristen Chenoweth. And, you know, she's taking what her aunt does and doing it herself and that that is working for her and her aunt but at some point it's like actually no it is still nice having someone and mm-hmm. you just have to admit that perhaps you're prideful about it or scared about it or making mistakes about it yeah for her to you you kind of see her slowly start to realize that she doesn't want to end up like her aunt mm. which is a nice beat yeah i enjoyed that mm. and jessica capshaw like we, we were watching this and, and Catherine particularly making comments of like, no, this guy isn't a saint because you want to have a social life and he's not engaging with you on that. Right. You know, there is a problem here that you need to fix and sort. So that, so when, uh, and it, it's awful, the bit where she says, oh, but you kissed the, the, the guy at the party. Mm-hmm. It's like, are you playing, you know, if I'm going down, everyone's going with me? Because that's awful. Saying something like Yeah. No, she was just being a bitch then. Yeah. She was just mad, shooting off at the mouth. But but the the fact that Jessica Capshaw's character then turned around and did say, no, you know, you're not there for me. I want to do this stuff and you're not helping me do that or you're not allowing me to do that. So, you know, this is this is what happens if that if we continue on this path. Like, right. good. There was you know, discussion going on there and sort of mature concepts of modern living. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, I liked it. What did you think about um, Sloane's mother ending up with her aunt's date? <laughs> I kind of don't get it. Like, why? I think is they just. Ca- go on. I think that they just wanted their everybody to be in a pair at the end of the show. Mm. 
That's why they did it. Because it didn't make sense. Like, it was an interesting beat whenever he walked in and ended up going straight into the kitchen and started immediately flirting yeah. with Sloane's mom. I don't even remember her name. Did she have a name? It was Frances Fisher playing, huh? Uh, Elaine. So, I mean, they set it up from the moment he walked in the room. So I knew it was going to happen. Mm. But there was no indication about why. Yeah, because he's there with someone else. Right, he's there with Susan. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he gets there, he smells the air and walks straight to the kitchen. He's never been in this house before. He's never met these people before. And he just goes straight to the kitchen and starts flirting with this woman who's burning the food. Right. And <laughs> if he's... Because you know, they're doing the sisters thing. She's the very, you know, quite straight-laced one and so on. I think is what they were pitching for. Whereas Aunt mm-hmm. Susan is the party girl. Right. I, I, I'm not sure I believe that she would be with someone who, on a date with someone, would be flirting with someone else. I use the word someone a lot She there. doesn't know these people well enough. I mean, she, she brought home the mall Santa. Mm. Like, she she doesn't speak to these people. She's just like, oh, you're attractive. Come home with me. Okay. And they do. Yeah. But then he starts flirting with Elaine. And I, I'm not sure I buy that Elaine would have a relationship with someone who, A, would go out with her sister in that way. Right. And B, would be going out with her sister and flirting with her. Just, it didn't quite vibe with the character, I think is the point. And, and then, you know, I see, I get exactly what you're saying. They wanted everyone to have that snapshot of everyone's happy mm-hmm. by the end of it and so on. The mother had had nothing up to then about being nothing. sad. There's no mention of the dad, what happened there, whether it was a divorce or her whole life widow or something. Her kids. Yeah. And making sure they end up married. Uh, you know, why do we not have her as a grandmother at the end or something? It, it didn't. Yeah. need it except to get them to the hospital and clearly there were other ways they could have done that you know someone else blows yeah. a finger off or something <laughs> <laughs> so so that was the one that i was like oh i i don't quite see what they're doing there mm-hmm. but then the relationship between her younger brother and, and him getting engaged and so on that's very nice because there is that sort of familial competitiveness mm-hmm. and, and yes i can see her reaction of like Oh, my younger brother's gotten engaged. Well, <laughs> I need to not yeah. be here now. Thanks, folks. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Yeah. 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 It was also nice with their relationship that, you know, they got married. They called out that they'd only known each other for three months. Mm-hmm. And then as the movie progressed, we kept seeing signs that they really didn't know each other very well. Mm. Like, she didn't know that he golfed and... You know, other things like that. And they ended up in counseling together. You know, that's that's a good thread mm-hmm. through the movie. And it's a nice thread that you don't normally see. Yeah, absolutely. In rom-coms. Mm. I, I enjoyed that relationship. And, and I've got nothing really to say on it except, yeah, I enjoyed that. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't like Sloane and Jackson. Didn't like Sloane and Jackson. And uh, Sloane and Jackson is the reason the movie exists. Yes. And like I say, they they have very good chemistry together. Although, oh, what's the name of the very sardonic stand-up comedian who was in the Fire TV series? The Fire TV series. Some TV series about a fire station or something. <laughs> I, and he might okay. he might be cancelled. I will throw that out now. Uh, Dennis Leary. Oh my gosh, that's old. Yes, he. Th- so, so Jackson looks like the son of Dennis Leary and John Cena. 
And I kept seeing it all the way through and it was throwing me. (laughs) I was struggling because his voice sounds exactly like Chris Hemsworth's voice. Yes. Yeah, because I kept looking for for Hemsworth in him, but mm -hmm. I didn't see Hemsworth in him. No, Hemsworth is not in him at all. And it was just distracting because the voice didn't go with the face Mm. because that's Thor's voice. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and it's not just the accent. Like, it's the timbre and the tone and the cadence of the way he spoke. Mm -hmm. Right? Because I I don't want people to be like, oh, it's just because he's Australian. And that's not it at all. It's literally the way he spoke. I mean, a little of column A. You know, let's be clear here. Well, a little, but... (laughs) He didn't sound like Crocodile Dundee, and he didn't sound like Steve Irwin. You know, he no. sounded like Chris Hemsworth. But yes, yeah, so I kept seeing John Cena and Dennis Leary, <laughs> although I've only clearly only just remembered Dennis Leary's thing. And and they did work very well together, and he seems a very nice guy. I don't think we got enough of why he's alone. We we got a bit that clearly he had had a big breakup at some point. Which yeah, th- these are people dating in their late twenties and thirties. Yes, that is what you do. You know, if you're dating in your late teens and early 20s, generally you've had one big fiery breakup, but it's still, you know, mm-hmm. you were dating for a year. It's okay. By the time you get into your 30s and you start dating, it's quite often you've had a long-term relationship that's mm-hmm. broken down in some way or death or something, divorce or something. Right. So we got some of that, but then not why he was still completely single here. And at least he had a friend because she appears to have no friends. She's no friends, but she has an awesome sister. Yes. Why on these holidays was she not hanging out with her friends? Because her friends probably all had dates too. Oh, I, just, I, 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 yes, yes, that's absolutely true. Her, her friends probably also had dates and were doing stuff, but at the same time, or she didn't have friends. I mean, she worked from home. Yeah, God, that, she didn't leave the house very often. It's a twenty twenty aspect, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you can tell this is a twenty nineteen film. <laughs> right joseph and i were watching it like they're not wearing masks no right. there's too many people in that store right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's possible she doesn't have friends but they never reference that i think it's the sort of thing the film doesn't want you to look too closely at but it's hard yeah. when it's on this. yes you are absolutely right the couple spend time together doing those things but at the same time at new year's when i've had friends who have needed a place to go or someone to hang out with you invite them over and generally, it doesn't matter if there's only three of you or if there's five of you or seven of you, because you still right. have a good time. Yeah. So, yeah, I found that really hard. Like, why does she have no friends? It's so weird. I honestly so didn't weird. even notice. The movie didn't want me to notice, so I didn't notice. No. It was like magic. Mm. And, and in you know, he at least had one friend, but I'm not sure of the point of that friend. <sighs> to be comic relief. Because he gave really, really dubious advice, and it was awesome when Jackson did not take the advice. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I'm not entirely sure what he was there for in general. Um, but fine, fine. Well, know. I mean, but, like, he had to have somebody because he, they established that his family was in Australia, True. right? Mm-hmm. And so we had Sloan with her family. Mm-hmm. He couldn't have just been moping around his apartment by himself. He had to have somebody to converse with for the audience. Okay. Like, from a technical standpoint, yeah. that's why that friend okay. was there. Yeah, yeah, why yeah. was it that friend? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's ask the writers that, because mm. he wasn't really that good of a character. No. But, you know, the, I am very highly susceptible to experiencing what the movie wants me to experience. 
when it's this genre of movie. Okay, good. Okay. Because <laughs> we have had a lot of films that you have not treated the film on the standards the film wants you to treat it. Right. No, no. This Mad genre. Max Fury like, Road. There's, <laughs> there's just something about rom-coms that instinctively make me go, I'm going to love everything that's on the screen. Okay. And then I mostly do. Okay. There are some rom-coms that I haven't really enjoyed. Mm. I can't name any of them for you right now, <laughs> but seen they them, exist. But, they <laughs> um, but it's just like, I'm so super susceptible to this. And so it just all made sense okay. to me and it worked for me. Nice. Good. I completely understand why it didn't work for you. Formulaic and the leads are awful people. But, you know, other than that, it was a great fit. <laughs> I mean, honestly, is it by definition, is it possible to have a rom-com that's not formulaic? Yes. And I feel like we have watched them and enjoyed them. Are they actually rom-coms? By definition. The, the one that's jumping to mind at the moment is 27 Dresses. Formulaic. And I feel like that did some good stuff with that. I don't, I don't know that I particularly enjoyed it because it was... Uh, yeah, I remember you not liking it very much. Possibly just Catherine Heigl, but <laughs> in, in I would argue that that one is very highly formulaic. Okay, Jerry Maguire. I might give you that one, but it's hard because the stuff that I say will quite often be sort of male-led. Right, I think that's one of the things that helps them be non-formulaic. I mean, help, it's still no, formulaic in, word, but, in, in the idea that we know we're going to meet a boy. No, we're going to meet two characters at the mm -hmm. beginning of a movie. And at the end of the movie, those two characters are going to be in a relationship together. I mean, that's the formula. Yeah. Right there. What happens in the middle may or may not be. Okay. Usually it still is because there's going to be a conflict and then they're going to make up and then they're going to be together. Mm-hmm. And... We got that with Jerry Maguire, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the the large formula, yes. But in the same way we say, aren't action films formulaic? You know, some guy or some group are very tough and face some conflict or issue and overcome it through shooting or fighting. Yes, in the broadest strokes, absolutely. So I'm having a look at... A, a list of um, atypical romantic comedies. Romantic comedies you don't necessarily um, don't necessarily go the way you would expect them to throughout the thing. It's got things like they came together, which did some good funny stuff, but you know didn't quite land it. But then there are things. Moonstruck's on here, and Moonstruck I would say is one that we watched that actually was quite interesting. That's the Nicolas Cage one. Yes, and Cher. Okay. Mm. Um, All right, that one. Yeah, that's a little. Four weddings and a funeral. Mm. You know, anyway, I don't think I'd that. call that a rom com. A film called Obvious Child. Have you watched Obvious Child? Obvious Child. Okay, maybe not. That that was good. That's worth watching. The Big Sick is on here. Haven't seen that. Okay, and that's a really unusual because that is um, Camille Nanjiani, and written mm -hmm. with his wife Emily Gordon. I remember when it came out. Famed of North Carolina, famed North Carolinian. Because <laughs> it's so true. Sometimes it comes up on Twitter a, a thing about North Carolina, and I have to be like. Was this retweeted by Mandy or by Emily V. Gordon? <laughs> <laughs> that is a wonderful, wonderful film. That is truly okay. extraordinary. But it's based on how they actually got together because it was a, such an unusual story. So it's okay. like, yes, it's an unusual thing, but it's also real life. So, Okay. 
My best friend's wedding. Not seen it. Never going to see it. So who knows? <laughs> um. Wait, that's on a list of atypical rom coms. Yeah, because that is like the most rom com of rom coms that ever rom com. Yes, it's or, Julia Roberts. Or, or it's it's rom coms for people who aren't necessarily into rom coms. I mean, it's Julia Roberts. It's a rom com. Okay, <laughs> super traditional. I think it's not saying these aren't rom coms, but they're you know slightly different ones because it's got like Rushmore and Chasing Amy on here. Oh, they're definitely not. Anyway, I'm taking us completely off subject here. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yes, there are a non-traditional rom-com type things. And yes, they are mm-hmm. enjoyable when they are very good. I think this wanted to be a little self-knowing wink-wink at the camera, but I think it still did what it was going to do. At the same time, I think I've hijacked the conversation a little bit. I think it's been me ranting <laughs> about this film and talking about oh, oh, silly romance films for women. I'm going to stop talking for a bit. I want to know, not not just your favourites, what did you want to come on and talk about? Having seen it yesterday and thinking about what you might say on the podcast, what were your topics of discussion? What were the things you wanted to uh, call out? So my very favourite thing in the movie, I think, okay, it's actually probably not my very favourite thing, but the thing that actually made me like clap and shout and point at the TV and say, yes, was when they finally did sleep together and they woke up together the next morning. Or no, they hadn't even slept together yet. I don't remember the order of things. They were in a bed together. Mm -hmm. They woke up together and he wanted to kiss her and she stopped him and said, I hate it when couples kiss first thing in the morning when they wake up. It's gross. I gripe about that to Joseph all the time. (laughs) I mean, granted, they still ended up kissing right then, but at least they called it out. You don't kiss first thing in the morning, do you? No, maybe like the quick, quick peck. Okay. Where, like, there's no aroma, no weird teeth. No. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. It's gross. Morning breath is gross. Okay. I did think, so when I was watching that moment, I did think, I've had this conversation with someone about them doing it in movies, and I don't know whether it's I've seen it on stand-up or Mandy. (laughs) And that might might say it's Mandy, yeah. Yeah. Because I also, I do what she does. If I roll over, like, if, if... Joseph and I wake up in the morning, like if he wakes up before me and he's on his phone or whatever, and I roll over and start talking to him, I do exactly what she did. And I put my hands slash sheet over my mouth so that while I'm talking to him, my breath isn't just killing him. Oh, bless you. Right? (laughs) So it made me very excited to see them address that in the movie. Granted, they still ended up kissing right after that. Mm -hmm. But there was a moment. They at least called it out, yeah. Okay. They did. They at least called it out. The use of swearing mm. in this movie, mm. I enjoyed a lot. Okay. I really did. Um, it was, I, I saw in a lot of reviews that it was taken negatively by a lot of critics, that it was too vulgar, too many vulgar jokes. Okay. But I enjoyed that because that's what took it from being the syrupy, sweet Hallmark rom-com. Yep to being something that has a little more substance and something that has a little bite to it. That's fair. And we don't get rom-coms that have that level of crassness in them. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't quite to the level of Bridesmaids, but it was definitely somewhere between Hallmark and Bridesmaids. (laughs) I mean, we even had a, she, she, she pooped her pants moment. Yeah. I'm getting to a point, I think, where Hollywood can stop Having anyone soil themselves on screen, <laughs> frankly. But particularly, I think, and this is obviously, it is a Sex and City thing. Like, mm. 
you can stop doing it, Neil, particularly to women, as a way of demeaning people. Because it's so contrived that she's given laxatives. Just the fact they don't notice yeah. until that very end point. It's like, okay, come on. Yeah, it is. It is. I still thought it was funny. It, it might just be, it's one of those things that I have seen a number of times at this stage over the last 10 years mm-hmm. since Sex and City 2. Um, so. Okay. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on children swearing in films? Because we have the F-bomb from a eight-year-old, eight at best. Oh, I thought it was hilarious. I think it's hilarious okay. when children swear. I think it's silly that I am not... Okay, let me preface this by saying I am not a parent. I am about to be a step-parent to an adult, <laughs> right? So I don't have children, never raised children. But I think it's a little bit disingenuous to teach children that it's not okay to say the words that you yourself say often. Okay. And so if a child, if you don't want your children to say those things, you shouldn't say those things. And clearly these people have said those things around those children. Mm -hmm. So it makes perfect sense, particularly for that child Mm -hmm. to say it the way that she did. Okay. I liked it. Okay. So in, in story, it's fine. It's funny. Mm Mm-hmm. At some stage, they had a, like, seven, eight-year-old, possibly even a 12-year-old, depending on how they aged her and so on, having a script and having to say that on camera, probably for several takes. What are your thoughts on that? Have you ever seen the Will Ferrell uh, landlady sketch? No. With the little girl named Pearl? No. You should watch that, know that I find it 100% hilarious, okay. and then ask me that question okay. again. <laughs> <laughs> because that's like a two-year-old. Right. <laughs> I might be a horrible person. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Maybe I'm just a horrible person. I think it's funny. I think... I mean, I'm sure they sat the child down and taught the child what it means, why you're saying it now, and why you shouldn't say it in normal conversation, mm-hmm. if that's the way they are taught. You know? And these child actors are... They know they're acting. So I, I don't have a problem with it. Okay. Okay. I, I'm of the same opinion. As long as sort of the parents are buying into it, it's not just a, we want our child to be famous and earn money. Right. Yeah, it's fine. Because I remember when, oh, what was it, Kick-Ass came out? Because oh, that's not Chloe Grace Moretz, is it? Whoever is in that film says the C word and was very young at the mm. time. And, and it did cause a bit of a thing of like, uh, not sure this is the thing. Yeah, yeah, Chloe Grace Moretz, who... Let's see if we can work this out. Was born in 97. Kick-Ass came out 2010. So 13 when it came out. 11. So probably 11, 12. 12 you know, 11 or 12 Built when it. she was yeah. recording. Um, but yeah, as long as, you know, everyone knows what's going on. And yeah, it's okay. We could have a whole good discussion here about, about swearing and children. And exactly the thing you said about passing it on and so on. Because mm-hmm. you can still do the thing and think, I wish I did that less. And I'm going to try and stop my child from doing it to their less what I am. Like, you know, you can do that about, like, I didn't have a good enough education, but I want my children to have education because I think it's important. It's quite an extreme example compared to swearing, but... (laughs) You know, studies have shown that people who swear a lot are statistically more intelligent than people who don't. Sure, sure. No, that's a real thing. Okay. I'll find the studies and send them to you. I'm a big fan of the swearing. Okay. I think words have power. And they're worth using at significant points when they have that power. 
You're also British. I am also British. Oh, no. Like, you know, we've got <laughs> listeners who would, you know, effing F me up, you know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But, you know, if, if you are going to use them and, and admit that, yes, they can have an impact when you use them, use them when they have an impact. Using them too much lessens that impact for me. They're just words. I mean, there are words I don't like. Like, I don't like the C word. Right. I don't say that word. Okay. But if other people say it, whatever. I usually, if it's like a, a comedian or something who says it, like... It immediately makes me tense up, oh, really? and I'm like, I'm not a fan of that. Like, it's, it's such a weird reaction for me, but in general. And, and that's kind of the thing that I'm saying. Like, if you have a word that can really hammer something home to people or make them, like, stop and take notice, mm-hmm. don't overuse it. Like, the the boys. Remember I was talking about that um, Amazon mm-hmm. series? Yeah. that mm-hmm. Whatever his name is, Carl Urban. His character uses that word a lot, several times every episode. I didn't know Carl Urban was in that. Yeah, he's really good. He's basically the character from Thor Ragnarok, but more so. Cool. It's really, yeah. Oh, it's a great show. If you, if you like Game of Thrones and you like superheroes, you'll like this. Yeah, you told me that before, yeah, cool, so cool, cool. I just, we just haven't gotten to it. So, so in that, it sort of lessens the impact of having a word that can, you know, really make people take notice. It's almost like mm-hmm. you're trying to be super edgy all the time. You know, and even Sarah Silverman, who once upon a time was super edgy, ended up in a Muppets film. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what point I'm making with that, but you know. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we're going to cut all I this just, out. This is just me rambling about. <laughs> I might cut some of it out, okay. but probably not as much as you want me to. Yeah, yeah. I just know people will come at me for it. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just thought it was a nice departure from. The syrupy sweetness of a Hallmark movie, right? Yeah, because certainly the way they do it in the opening, that that was for me the bit that really worked well. Because you've got this uh, with Jackson and the family he goes to, and it's a bit like, this is a bit weird, but okay, Uh it's quite funny, it's quite funny. And then the point at which he's like berating him of like, so you can come in my mouth, but you can't buy me a Christmas present. Like, Oh, this is not the film I thought it was going to be. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh. Well, <laughs> we just took a hard left into crazy right? town. It's like, oh, oh, this is a little bit more mature. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it was not rated. Yeah, because Netflix. I, th- I think they do have ratings now over here, but. Mm. Uh, hmm. Okay. So, bottom line Holiday is not a Christmas movie. It is an amazing movie if your name is Mandy Kay. It is a lackluster movie if your name is Matthew Vos. Basically. See, you're making it sound like Kay is your last name or Vos is my middle name. <laughs> this is part of the thing. But like people have said to me, why is Mandy's full name on your podcast artwork and stuff and only your first name? Like, no, it's, it's her name. <laughs> it's it's a Southern thing. That's why, I mean, like Mary Lou and Annabeth and... Marianne. Marianne. Mm-hmm. Watch my Mary Ann walking away. <laughs> Good. I just like Mandy K. Ottaway because it rhymes. Ah, uh, very nice, very nice. Honestly, okay, that's why it rhymes. What's next, Mister Vos? Hot fuss. <laughs> I have no idea because we've changed the schedule over. <laughs> oh crap! You're right. We you did change put it. Be on the spot. You see what? <laughs> I was sitting here thinking that our next movie was going to be Jingle uh, Christmas on the Square. No, it, next, no, That's it's not. It's not even Hot Fuzz. 
Nope. You've got to wait for Hot Fuzz, folks. Hot Fuzz is coming for you. It- we could switch them. I mean, we're recording Hot Fuzz in November. It can come out whenever we I don't know we why we haven't. I don't know. That's a bit weird, isn't it? Should we say it's Hot Fuzz? Live spreadsheeting on air. <laughs> yes, let's do Hot okay, Fuzz. Okay, Hot Fuzz is next. <laughs> Starting off 2021 with a bang, I hope. Yes, with some Hot Fuzz. Any expectations? Any knowledge of this film? British Simon Pegg. British Simon Cops. Pegg. And cops. Why do you think it's cops? That's all I know. I've seen the poster or the trailer or something. Okay. Right? Am I wrong? I don't know what you've seen. I'm asking you. <laughs> Am I wrong that it's got cops in it? it? It does indeed have police people in it. I think cops is not the right word when it's a British film. The fuzz. Police person. Caught by the fuzz. When I was still on the buzz. Yeah, I'm going to talk all about Supergrass all the way through that episode. Brilliant. I don't know what any of that means. Oh, it's me. And we still haven't done our pop culture deprived music edition. We haven't. Where we introduce you to random music things that because you've never listened to music, it would seem. I listen to some music. Mm. Mm. Christian radio and and country music is not some music. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. Okay. Okay. Well, I. Don't I'm sorry. Know. We should ask people. I love you. What should we ask people? I usually segue into something and like there was no segue there. We should ask people for other films that take place over multiple holidays that are worth watching. Because we've had this problem almost every year, I think, of what do we do the week after Christmas? Mm-hmm. What do we do the week after Christmas? And there must be other films other than... I can't even remember what we've done as New Year's films in the past, but the only ones coming to mind are the ones we've not done, such as Holiday Inn and The Apartment. Which I'm not even sure Holiday Inn is a New Year's thing. What other films should we do that are good for post-Christmas? That's a very good question. Yes. If you would like to send us an answer, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Eloquent Gushing, or you can send an email to us at podcast at eloquentgushing.com. Or if you want to tweet at me directly and gush about holiday because it was actually a really amazing movie you can find me over on twitter at mandy k and i'm on twitter at matthew Vose. pop culture derived is 100 funded by listeners like you through patreon anything you can give even one dollar a month it gives access to exclusive content and helps to support the network and helps us develop our new shows if you want to find out more you can go to patreon.com slash eloquent gushing and we will be back next year with another episode where we are going to talk about hot fuzz. Until then, I'm Mandy Kay. And I kiss the Black Panther. Yeah, you did. Pop Culturally Deprived is an Eloquent Gushing production. For more information, visit eloquentgushing.com or find us on Twitter at Eloquent Gushing.